I have too. We're chewing on the cookie. We're holding the cookie. And someone comes in and they say to us, What are you doing? Because we do not have permission to pick up that cookie. But if you are in the kitchen and mom pulls the chocolate chip cookies out of the oven and she puts some on and she says to you, would you like to have one? Would you say no? No. Would you have to think about your response? No. What would your response be? Uh-huh. Yep. Right away. We know exactly what we want. Right away we say yes. And as you are eating that cookie, you eat it with an entirely different confidence because you have permission. All right. Thank you, Lamar, for holding this. We have in here treats. All cut. Phyllis is at the head of the line here. Now, thank you very much. We're going to put this right over here. Appreciate that. We wanted it up high enough so you, all, you can't see it when it's down here. But uh, my daughter made us up a, a treasure box. And all you, all you kids, you have sermon notes. And as you take notes at the end of the service, I want you to bring those notes up to me. And when you bring those notes up to me, all filled out, you write down the, the stuff. That, and you can use the regular sermon notes or you can use the ones we handed out with the, the kids' ones on it. Either one. You hand them up to me. That gives you access to have permission to go in here and pull out anything in there that you want. And we're going to mix it up, have different things in there. So each time it'll have, have different stuff for you than, uh, than the week before is our, is our goal with that. So that's what's going to be happening with that. So once you do that, I'm going to take them from you and someone is going to go and copy them for me so I can read them because I read all of your things that you put down, especially your questions. Sometimes you question things, I don't understand this, so that helps me to know what I need to, to come back and to do later on. So if you will do that, that will be great, and that will give you access to this right here. But here's the real reason we wanted to talk about all that. Sometimes we have things going on in our life. We have things like high blood pressure. We have things like, I'm carrying too much weight. We have things like an ache or a pain or a joint is not right or a disease, a sickness, headaches, different things that go on in our body. And we have them going on in our body. And after a while, we just kind of get used to it. And we think the presence of that thing in our body signifies that God wants it. So we're going to look at a story here today that will help us out with that. Plus, we're finishing up what we were doing last week. We kind of left you hanging last week, if you were here. But here, let's read this. This is our text scripture for this that we've been getting into. Matthew 12, verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. And he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with with this wicked generation. So as we're looking at this, we saw that the state of the person, the state of the man was a condition that he didn't like. He was possessed by an evil spirit. And so someone came along, this is not in the story, but this is how it is in the Word of God. Whenever the demon spirit left someone, Jesus or someone, one of his disciples, had gone up to that man and said in the name of Jesus or somehow commanded that spirit to leave that man. 
And so that spirit left and couldn't find any rest. And Jesus says that spirit came back to the house where he once stayed. And he found it, three things, empty, swept, and put in order. And what's that spirit do? He goes. Now, before when he came up to that man, he entered right in, right? But now he can't enter in. Why? Because changes have been made that are preventing the condition to return. But he goes out and he finds seven other spirits worse than himself. And they all come and they enter. So apparently the changes that were made were not sufficient to keep them out completely. But they were sufficient to keep out one. And so the Jesus says that the last state of that man is worse than before. And so we related that to some of the things that we go through. Because sometimes we have been had hands laid on us for a particular condition. Sometimes we've gone on a diet to lose some weight. Sometimes something has changed in our bodies. God has come and, and touched us, healed us, and the condition has gone. But then it seemed like it came back, and now it came back, and it's greater than it was before. And so what are we doing about that? So that's what we've been, been looking at. We first looked at different things that were happening in our words. We switched over now. We're looking at things in our belief. If you missed any of the things that went on before, they are available for you free of charge. Just go up on the website. You can podcast them. You can download them. You can do anything that you want to with them. Listen to them. Put them on your phone. Go around and, 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 and listen to them. If you have trouble with podcasts, we have people to help. We have an, I, an, uh, an iPhone specialist who can help you if you have an iPhone. We have Android specialists. If you have an Android phone, whatever kind of phone you have, we have people that can help you get your podcast set up. And podcasts are wonderful because it comes to your phone all by itself. And then you can listen to it whenever you want. And it remembers where you left off. I'll tell you what. Glory to God for podcasts. I listen to them all the time. They're better than tapes. They're better than CDs. And it's free. You don't go spend any money or or. Get your house filled up with all sorts of material like CDs and stuff like that. So if you need help with that, how many people do need help with that? I mean, before we go on, anybody need help with podcast stuff? All right. Uh, keep your hand up. How, how many Android people need help? One, two, three. Three Android people. All right, Bruce, you got them? All right, how many iPhone people? We got one, just one iPhone person. All right, Keith, that's yours. Keith is our iPhone expert. Bruce back there, he's our Android specialist, and we'll get you all set up and get you taken care of. All right, that's just sort of a, of a side thing. But here's the thing, and I think I put this on your outline. God must want me to have, now you fill in the blank there. What is it that you got? God must want me to have because it's still here. A lot of times we think that because it's still here, God must want me to have it. Now, last week we looked at the, the lame, the, the guy who was uh, in, the infirm man. He's not necessarily lame. He could move some. But he was by the pool of Bethesda. And he had that. Jesus came up to him and asked him if he wanted to be made well. And he said, now remember we talked about this. Answer to the question is, if Jesus comes up to you and says, do you want to be made well? What's the answer to that question? Max, what's the answer to that question? Just like it is with cookies, the answer is yes. yes. (laughs) That's the only answer that you need. The answer is yes. But what does he say? He says, Sir, 
I have no one to put me in the pool. So when the angel comes down and stirs up the water, someone else gets in before me. And we gave you this little bit of side note, this little, little side thing to listen to. Anytime anyone gives you a long answer, they are trying to hide something. That is always, always, always the truth. If your mom and dad come up to you and say, did you clean your room? The answer would be yes or no. What is the answer we come up with? Well, I... <laughs> what happened? That's another good one. Yeah. What happened was... Why? Because we are trying to conceal the truth. It works with politicians. It works with Christians. It works with heathen. It works with anyone. Whenever the answer is long, they are trying to hide something. If God comes to you and asks you a question, the answer is? Yes, sir. No, sir. That's it. If you give it a long one, you're trying to hide something. Can you hide something from God? No. You cannot hide anything from God. He's going to find it. He's going to know. So, last week we were looking at the guy at the pool of the Bethesda. We found out that Jesus did some things with him to get him over that. If you missed that, Jesus gave ch- changed something to help him, a condition that was around for 38 years. You would think if you had a condition for 38 years, wouldn't that be the will of God for you to have it? And yet when Jesus came on the scene, how long did he have it? It was gone. It was gone. Just because you have a condition for 38 years, 10 years, 20 years, I don't care how long it is, just because you've had it that long does not mean it is the will of God. That is a faulty conclusion. And the reason we have bad beliefs is because we've gotten wrong doctrine, wrong information. We've come to wrong conclusions. We've got to get some of those things weeded out. And so that's why we've been back on, on this four. All right. Well, we can keep reviewing or we can go on. Mark chapter 9, verse 1. Oh, I'll tell you what. We, we're, we're not really after these first nine verses, but it's so good in here. I was just reading over this and said, oh, will you look at that? I didn't see that before. Verse 1. He said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. How many are standing there? <laughs> well, at least 12 of them are there, right? <laughs> at least the 12 disciples are there. He said some. Say some. 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 Uh, let me go back over here to Max. Max, you're on the front row. I'm sorry. But you're just so willing and so helpful with me. If, if your mom says that you may have some cookies, does that mean that you may have all of them. No. No. It means you may have some. That's right. So even he, he knows that some does not mean all. So what he is saying here is he is saying to the whole group that some, some standing here will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now he goes on in verse 2. Anybody think that's important? Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Would that be some? If your mom made 24 cupcakes and she said you may have some and gave you three. Glory to God for moms like that. I mean, three cupcakes. Holy cow. That'd be just fantastic. Usually it's one, right? Three cupcakes. That would be some. 
If she said you may have one cupcake, that would be one. If she said you may have all of the cupcakes, you would find out what alien took over my mom. But if she said some, that could be two, that could be three. In this case, we're finding out that it's three. Peter, James, and John led them up on a high mountain apart from by themselves. Now, don't let this get past you. Don't let, don't, 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 don't skip over this part. We're talking a high mountain. How do you get to the top of a high mountain? You walk. How many have ever climbed a high mountain? Now, I realize that relative is high. Or high is relative. It's, you know, some people say, boy, that's a high hill. And some people are like, what? <laughs> but we're, it's in the Word of God. It's high. Just rest assured, it's high. You've got to climb up a high mountain. Anybody want to complain on the way? Why are we going? Jesus, why do we have to climb? No one else had to climb up here. Why do we have to climb up the high mountain? Couldn't we do this down there? He said, no, we're going to climb up the high mountain. And he led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow. Now, I am probably asking the wrong person on this one. But Alicia... Have you ever gotten your clothes dirty so that you <laughs> Have you ever gotten your clothes so dirty that your mom could not get them clean? Yes. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I, if I asked Max, I knew the answer that Max was going to give me. But I thought I'd go over here and get, get another one. Now, who does your laundry? Your mom does the laundry? And she's good, good at laundry? She looks like she'd be good at laundry. Yeah. But I want you to know this. This is what the Word says. He says, His clothes became... They weren't before. And He just climbed up a high mountain. How many of y'all know you don't climb up a high mountain and stay clean? That doesn't happen. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. What's He telling you? What is happening on this mountain is of something that is not on earth. Which would mean, verse 1, Some standing here will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. They're seeing it, some of them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses. I thought Elijah was, was gone. I thought Moses went up on the mountain and died. Why are they there? Because we are not just on earth. The presence of heaven has come down upon this place and has transfigured Jesus. Now, take a look at this. I want you to see this. You may not have seen this in this, this part before. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were, what? Talking with Jesus. Now, keep that in mind. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus. I didn't hear the question. 
But Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say. Now, here's a little bit of advice. When you get to heaven and you don't know what to say, don't say anything. This is a little advice. Learn that down here. When you get to heaven, don't say anything. It's perfectly fine. Don't open your mouth and say something when you don't know what to say. So Peter answered and said, It is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. So, the transfiguration happens. Moses and Elijah are there. They're talking with Jesus. Peter opens up his mouth and says, a cloud comes down. A voice comes from heaven and says, shut up. Listen to my son. That's what he's basically saying. <laughs> Listen to my son. And it all stops. Why does it stop? We don't know. But the only thing we have that triggered it is Peter opening up his mouth and saying. Now, there's a number of conversations going on up here. Which ones do we know about? We know about what Peter said. We know about what God said. But there's a whole other conversation that happened on that mountain. Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. How many of you are interested in knowing what Moses and Elijah had to say? How many of you are more interested in what Moses and Elijah had to say than what Peter had to say? But what do we know about what Peter said? Why? Because Peter answered and said, if Peter would have shut up and listened... We might have had somebody who could record what Jesus and Moses and Elijah were saying. But we didn't have that because Peter opened his mouth and said, Have you ever had it that a conversation was going on that you were very interested in, but someone was talking to you and you couldn't hear that other conversation because someone was talking to you? And what do you want to say? And that's what God did. God said, Peter, be quiet. Now listen to him. And then they're all gone. You climbed up this high mountain. You saw the transfiguration. The conversation was going on. And you don't know what was said. Now how many have ever read that and were supposing that we weren't supposed to know? All right. If we, they were not supposed to know, why were they there? Folks, we have been in the presence of God and God has wanted to say some things for us to hear some things and we've opened up our mouth and we have said and we have not heard what it is that He wants to say. Can you see that? Mm. I repented too. My word. My, my dear Lord. How, how often have I opened up my mouth and not heard the revelation that you wanted to say? 
Well, but take a look at this. The first thing that we have that happened in verse 1 was that Jesus said to all of them that were there, some of you will not taste death till you see the kingdom of heaven present in power. What did he do? He set up his mind to begin to look for some things. Do you know, folks, that the first thing that has to happen for you is for you to hear that revelation is on the way? For you to hear that something is on its way? Because when you know that something is on its way, you know to look for it. And when it comes, you know to recognize it. There's a lot of times, folks, Things have been sent to us and we did not know that it was on its way. We did not know to look for it and it went right past us and we didn't see. We need to be listening because God, if we listen, will alert us and tell us this is on the way. Watch for it. The reason he says Watch for it. It's because it's important that you see it. But it can go right on past you. Have you ever gone to a movie and with somebody who already saw the movie? And they tell you, I mean, a good person, not a person who spoils it the whole way along. That's terrible. I don't like to go to movies with people who tell me what's going to happen. But they'll sometimes say, oh, you've got to watch this part. This is really important for the whole movie. You've got to watch this part. So when they say that to you, what do you do? I mean, you're already watching it. You, but you're not, you are now alert and attentive and you are ready for anything to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm, I'm just tuned in a little bit better now because something is going to happen. And when it happens, oh, I saw it. Oh, I saw it. Yes. That made the whole movie make sense. Now I understand what was going on. Listen, because God will speak to you these things, but he doesn't speak to you these things unless you're in a place that you can hear. You've got to be listening to the word being taught. You've got to be in the word of God reading. You've got to be spending some time in prayer. And I don't mean that you've got to spend hours and hours doing all these different things. And, and you know, if you don't, on your, on your knees for an hour and in the Word for an hour and all that. No, you don't have to do necessarily all that. But you've got to be out there. You've got to be doing some things. You've got to be listening. You, no, I, I've told you this before. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'll, sh- I'll show you my logs for a week. I guarantee you I outpace every person here present in this room as to how much word I listen to. Guarantee it. I have arranged my day so that I can hear hours per day of word. Now, most people don't listen to hours per day. Some people do. Most people don't. But I arrange it. I've told you before, you know, I've, I got to work too. I got I got a shop. I set it up. I got sanding to do. I got mach- I cannot hear anything. When the machines are on. But technology today 
And I have a Bluetooth device that picks up the signal from my phone. And that Bluetooth device feeds it to a separate device that transmits that, that signal into a FM signal. And that FM signal broadcasts all over my shop. In fact, it covers the entire yard. I can do this when I'm cutting the lawn. And that FM signal covers the whole thing. And so no matter what is going on, I got headphones that block out all the noise of my machines. And all I hear is the Word of God. Now, that took some effort. took some looking for, for things. But I got it set up. When I go running, I put on my fancy little things to put on my ears. And I listen to the Word of God when I'm running. I don't listen to music. I would say this, but it, I probably shouldn't say it. I'm going to say I'm just going to tell Max. Max, I don't waste my time listening to music. <laughs> I mean, very seldom. Once a month, I'll probably say, you know what? Maybe it's time for a little bit of Keith Green. And I'll you know, crank that up there and, and put that on. But generally, I don't waste my time listening to music. I like to listen to the Word of God. And I hear the Word of God, and I constantly hear. I love hearing the Word of God taught. They're teaching things I already know. It's all right. I'll put on Brother Hagin. How he can teach something I've already, or he already taught that. I already heard that. It's all right. I hear it again. Because as I keep hearing things, God is able to alert me. Steve, watch out for this. Listen, look for this. And because he alerts me to it, I'm ready. I'm ready. You've got to be listening to this stuff. Got to be hearing. I don't know what they did back in Jesus' day when they did not have podcasts, headphones, and phones that broadcast this. I don't know, but I don't care. I am not in Jesus' day. I am here now. <laughs> Are you in a place to be hearing about the things God is sending? Because God is going to send you some stuff. But we've got to move on. I would love to spend more time on the transfiguration. There's so much more in there. But we've got to move on. Did I not copy? I did not copy verse 10. In. Put uh, verse 9. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. If you are Jesus and you do not want these guys to say anything about what just happened, would Peter be in that group? <laughs> I don't think I'd put Peter in that group. I just don't. John, absolutely, because John already thinks he's the favorite. Yeah. He already thinks that. So, you know, John, there's no problem. I, tell, I understand you're telling me, nobody else. This is fine. But Peter, I don't know. What's verse 10 say? Let's pull that back up there. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. <laughs> Look at what Jesus said to them. He commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They're thinking, what? Risen from the dead? What? They did not understand that. But the still, they, they kept quiet. Verse 11. And they asked him, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and told them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And how it is written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I say to you that Elijah has also come, and they did, did to him whatever they wished, as it is written of them, of, of him. Now, we could get into that, too, who Elijah was, why Elijah's coming. But then we won't get into what we're supposed to get into. The Word of God is just so rich. It's just hard, so hard to read over stuff. But we're going to go down to verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed. 
and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Isn't it just great after you had a great experience with God that people bother you with trivia? Isn't that what Jesus is saying? Are you, are you kidding? You guys can't handle this? Why can't you? You should be able to have handled this. Why can't you have handled this on your own? Why is it you got to bring it to me? Doesn't seem happy, does it? Now, we don't know how long this condition had been going on, but it had been going on long enough that they knew its pattern. So it didn't just happen once or twice. They knew the pattern of it. They knew how long it had been going on that way. Now, this is just another side note for the... For the this is, this is just such, it's such an important side note for you all to get down. You've really got to get this thing down. The, the boy, is he in a position to give Jesus permission to deal with what's wrong with him? No. Who is in the position to do it? His parents. And the boy is young enough that the parents have authority. Parents, when your kids are young enough, you have authority over their lives that if something like this is going on, you can say, do this for them. Just like if you go into a hospital, the hospital does not say to the child, can we administer this procedure? They look to who? They look to the parents. Same thing in the Bible. Same thing with the Word of God. They go to the parents. Parents, you have that authority. But how many have ever been in a situation where someone older is in the hospital under condition, suffering, and you feel badly and you want to pray for them? Anybody been in that position? Here's a, here's a prayer that we may have prayed for that old person who is in the hospital. They are not conscious. Father God, I pray right now that your healing power would come upon this body and restore this body back to where it was before. Restore their mind back to where it was before. Bring them back to a place of consciousness that, Father, they may serve you. How many of you can see that that would be a, and that would be the most unscriptural prayer that you could pray in that situation? And a lot of times we have prayed that and we wonder, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it change anything or cause anything to come about? Because first off, folks, you have not been granted permission. Every single time that Jesus administered healing, he looked for permission from either the person who was old enough to give it. Do you want to be made well? What do you want me to do for you? How many times does he say that? Or he looks to the parents. He always gets permission. And you're trying to step in and not get permission, which means you don't understand authority, which means the devil doesn't have to listen to you. And see, that's affecting you outside of that situation because you don't understand authority. But you see, that person may have said words. And those words have power. And until that person can say words against those and renounce those words, they're under those words. They may have said something like, God, I hate you. I want no part of you. Leave me alone. And you walk in in that situation. Be real careful with the words that you say. Real careful. Because you get in that situation, you're stuck with those words that you have said. Again, that's just a side note. We've covered stuff like that before. I just want to go on here and, and look at this. You pray for me. Don't get distracted, see? 
Verse 19, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Now, don't read past this. Think of it this way. Our little grandson is in one of your arms, happy and satisfied and giggling. And then all of a sudden, his mom appears in view. And he, can see, he was happy. He's just fine. All of a sudden, he can see the mom. What's he do? reaches for the mom he was just fine just just fine there was no problem what's he doing does he have a problem he has no problem there's no problem he's just throwing a fit i want that and i want it now that's what he's saying so the spirit he comes he sees jesus what's he saying i don't want that do not want that. And he throws, he throws a fit. It doesn't happen before. It happens now. There's a reason the Bible is telling you it's happening now. Because he comes into the presence of Jesus. And when he comes into the presence of Jesus, he says, I don't want that. Don't want that. So you see, now what would you do if you saw this little boy fall on the ground, foam at the mouth? How many think, well, this is just, you know, it's happened yesterday. Doesn't happen all the time, does it? This is strange to us. What was the, if, we, if we think that, we're thinking, you no, know, we watch TV, we're thinking cyanide poison, right? <laughs> he took a cyanide capsule, he's a spy. He is a spy, he took a cyanide capsule, he's foaming at the mouth, and he's going to die. That's what we think. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. So we understand that, all right, it's not a couple of weeks, a couple of years. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he's asking him, we He's brought them to his disciples and they could not do anything. So now Jesus is here. If you can do anything. Now we pray prayers like, prayers like that, haven't we? We've had a condition for a long time. We have gone after certain methods for it to go away. It hasn't gone away. So we come to God and our prayers have changed from, thank God this is going to happen to, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And help us. We've got to understand the will of God. The fact that this boy is sick or possessed does not demonstrate the will of God, folks. Just because he has the condition does not demonstrate the will of God. Nor does it demonstrate the will of God because the disciples couldn't do anything. It does not demonstrate the will of God. Just because you have a condition and it has not gone away, though you have prayed about it. It has not gone away because you have gone to special meetings and had someone lay hands on you and it still didn't go away. That does not mean it's the will of God for you to have it because here you have in the Word this young boy 
who's had this condition and it survived everyone else in the past and his disciples. If you came to a belief that your condition is the will of God based on the fact that you still have it, that it has been around for a long time, that your prayers have not been answered, or that someone else laying hands on you has not changed it, you have come to a wrong or a faulty conclusion and a belief that is based on that wrong conclusion. Isn't it in the Word? This story made the Word for a reason, didn't it? Just because, put this in your outline, just because a condition in your life remains does not mean God wants it too. But God is in control. I despise that phrase. Because it negates all your faith. Get rid of that phrase from your song. A song comes on the radio. You know, we're traveling around. If a song comes on the radio, we got the radio on, then um, it gets changed. Because there's songs with unbelief out there. You don't need that going on. But if you think it does, your beliefs have become corrupted. What happens when your computer files become corrupted? You can't access them. They don't work the way they're supposed to work. If your boot up sector becomes corrupted, your computer doesn't boot up. If a sector on your computer gets, gets corrupted, that, uh, that your pictures are on. You can't access those pictures. Corruption is not good. We don't like it. That's why we back things up. So that we, if it goes bad, I have some, some other way to pull that out. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Did I skip down too far? Let's go back to 2023. 20, Jesus said to him, after he, well, he first said, you can, if you can do anything. So Jesus said to him, if you can believe. Jesus turns it around on him. If you can do anything, but he says, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who what? Believes. You see, this is why your belief has been a problem. Your belief has gotten corrupted. Your belief has been based on something faulty. And because of your belief... Because you're not able to believe, it's not happening. Jesus says, it's not a matter of my ability to do this. It's a matter about you believing. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I heard uh, Brother Keith Moore teach on this some time ago. And I love what he brought out about this. He said uh, that one, how many times have you been asked a question and before you can even think of it, what you believe just comes gushing right out. Just gushing right out. I'll put it to you this way. You're planning a picnic. And, and someone says, I wonder what the weather will be that day. And out from, on the, not even thinking about it, out from inside, it will probably rain. <laughs> right? Why? Because you believe that because it seems like every time you tried to have a picnic before, it rained. And so out of our belief, we begin to speak this. Not based on anything, just out of our belief. Because bad things have happened to us, I believe bad things will happen again. It is so much easier to believe the bad stuff than the, the good stuff. Talking to the old timers, remember hee-haw? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. 
If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> that was funny. But that's where, we, that's where we live a lot of times. We're living in that. We believe that bad things will come upon me. If you don't know what that is, go YouTube Yeehaw and you'll, you'll find it. Really old show. I watched it when I was, when I was really young. Too. See, that's how old that show is. It was, uh, if you go back and you watch it now, you're thinking, I thought that was funny. Wow. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Do you know that you can have unbelief while you have belief? There can be, there can be doubts in your heart and there can be doubts in your head. The Word tells us not to doubt in our heart. But you can have doubts in your head and still have no doubts in your heart. Because Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, if you believe with the heart and does not doubt in his heart. Brother Hagin used to teach us. He says you can, you can believe with your heart and have doubts in your head. Thoughts come to your head. That doesn't mean that you believe them. That doesn't mean they're down in your heart. But the enemy wants to get you into condemnation because you have thoughts up here that are going around about doubts. But what's the belief down here? His belief was, came right out. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, To it. Not the boy. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. Now, we may be thinking, failure. If it was us, if we say, come out of him, and we see that that boy convulse greatly, and then come out of him, and it seems like he's dead, and the people around him, he's dead. He's, He's dead. That is a dead boy right there. He was alive. Now he's dead. He's just going around saying he's dead. It didn't just say one or two said he was dead. How many did it say said he was dead? Many. Many people are around us. He is dead. <laughs> just picture that. Here you are, man of victory, coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Pray over this boy. The Spirit comes out of him, convulses him, lays him down there on the ground. Everyone around us says, he is dead. That's all we have. Everyone is saying the same thing. He is dead. You, you get that picture? <laughs> but Jesus, what's, he, what's Jesus hearing? Jesus is hearing, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. He's ignoring what he's hearing. You've got to sometimes ignore all those people around you saying, he is dead. You've got to ignore them people sometimes. He just reached on down there, grabbed them by the hand, and brought them on up. Now, we haven't gotten to the heart of this yet. We're still just messing around. Verse 28. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So here it was, Jesus up on the Mount of Transfiguration. They brought the boy to the disciples, the nine that are down, down there remaining, and they're They did exactly what Jesus did. They cast out the spirit and they had already done this. Go back through the Bible. You will find out they had already cast out demons and were surprised at how responsive they were to the name. 
They'd already done this. It had already worked for them. And they came just like before, expecting it to work. Ex- get this down. They were expecting it to work. They weren't trying it out. They had already done it. It had already worked. They came. They spoke. It didn't leave. It stayed. And so they saw Jesus do this. And they looked at each other. Man. How come? How come? So, um, got Jesus privately and nobody else around. They said, how come we couldn't cast it out? How come we couldn't cast it out? Now, Mark doesn't give the whole answer. He only gives part of the answer. He says, oh, I rephrase this for you. I didn't put this in your outline. I put it in mine because I wanted you to get this. Here's what they're asking. This is, I'm putting it in your language. Why have I not been able to alter or get rid of this condition? Haven't we asked God that? Don't we want to kind of ask him privately? You know, I've prayed before. Headaches have left. Colds, flu, sickness and disease has left. Things have, have changed. But um, I got this condition and it's not changing. How come? Why could I not get rid of this condition? That's the question, basically, that they're asking. So he said to them, and if you just read Mark, you get, you're not understanding what it is here. He said that this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. But that's not the whole answer. But what people have come away is, with is this, that there are certain demons that only come out when you pray and fast. That there's prayer and fasting demons. And you could see maybe where they would get that teaching, except for the fact that, remember when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said to him, how come your disciples do not fast? And he said, they're not going to fast as long as the bridegroom is here, but the time of the day will come when the bridegroom leaves and then they will fast. So what's Jesus telling you? We're not fasting. (laughs) We're eating. Wherever we go, we eat. We are not fasting. We are celebrating. Because the... Bridegroom is here. We're celebrating. So if Jesus, by his own admission, is not fasting, how can he teach them that there's prayer and fasting demons? And why would they understand it that way since they know we're not praying and fasting? We're praying, we're just not fasting. What's he talking about here? Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. I don't know if I wrote that in your outline for you. If not, I should have. This is the full answer. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. Why couldn't they cast it out? Because of their unbelief. He asked the question. Jesus answered it, right? Why could we not cast it out? You cannot answer a why question with yes or no. Right? If you say... Why is the sky blue? You can't say, yes. It doesn't. If you say, is the sky blue? You can say, yes. But if you say, why is the sky blue? You can't just say, yes. So they say, why could we not cast it out? So they needed more of an answer than a yes or no. So he gave them one. Because of your unbelief. Isn't that the answer to the question? So why couldn't they cast it out? Because they were not praying and fasting? No, because of their unbelief. Simple. 
For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a mustard seed, little tiny faith, little tiny bit of faith, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Now, that's great teaching, isn't it? Except we don't believe it. We don't, because how many of you have a condition that has remained and you're feeling like your faith is not overcoming it? Yep. I know. We got, we got those things. They're not, they're not, it's not changing. It's not changing. But what's Jesus say? Nothing will be impossible to you. Now, I hear that this way. Nothing, parentheses, except for... Blah, blah, blah. End of parentheses. <laughs> and then how we're hearing it? Nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What kind? The unbelief. The problem that they have is their unbelief. And so what he is saying is this. This kind... Of unbelief does not come out except by prayer and fasting. What kind is he talking about? I thought it was just unbelief. Are there different kinds? Put it to you this way. How many of you like orange juice? Yep. Do you just go to the store and buy orange juice? No, because not all orange juices are the same, right? There are, there's Minute Maid. There is Florida, Florida Natural. There is, well, that's the king. I mean, if you really want orange juice, you go out and you buy Tropicana. I mean, amen. How many amens do we have on that? If you want the good orange juice, you go out and you buy Tropicana. If you... Don't want to afford Tropicana or it's not on sale. You go out and you buy Florida's Natural or, or something else. What is Florida's Natural? All right. We got one person in the entire room. <laughs> Florida's Natural is good. It is, it is certainly good. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, it's, it's not a far second for me at all. Oh, I'll tell you what. That's good. But, but even still then, we had the men's breakfast. We bring in orange juice. I'm the guy who brings in the orange juice. So I bring in the orange juice and I have to make sure that I get pulp. And no pulp. Because some people are afraid of pulp. No pulp. Cast out that pulp from the orange juice. It is not there. So we have to get rid of that. So we have to have orange juice with no pulp and orange juice with, with pulp. Because there are some people who believe that orange juice should have. So not all orange juices are the same. There's a lot of different kinds and a lot of different ways. And for those of you who have picked up my passion for chocolate milk, how many of you know that not all chocolate milk is the same? It is very different, very, very different. There are all kinds. And if you talk to any of us, we will tell you all the different things. You will know more about chocolate milk than you will ever want to know. <laughs> but it's not all the same. It's different. Doubt is not all the same. There is some doubt, folks, that is readily evident that you have it. But they came to Jesus and they say, why could we not cast it out? And his response was very simple. 
because of your unbelief. If it was an unbelief that they could detect, if it was an unbelief that they knew that they had, why would they ask? If it was an unbelief that was so active that, uh, that while they were casting out the demon, they felt unbelief drum up inside of them. They wouldn't have to ask, would they? The reason it's not happening is because I don't believe. But they apparently went after this believing that this change was going to happen. And it didn't happen. And they were, were like, I, we, we believed. It's happened before. I don't understand. And Jesus said, this kind of unbelief does not come out except by prayer and fasting. That takes work, doesn't it? Takes work. Not all of us want to go through work. Some of us just want, you know, I just want to show up at church and faith come into me and bad stuff fall off and good stuff come. That's how it ought to be. Just show up at church. All the bad stuff comes off. All the good stuff comes on. And that's all you got to do. But Jesus is saying, um, no. Uh, no. Uh, some of this unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. How many of y'all like fasting? Anybody here? How many like fasting? Joyce. Brother Jolly. Brother Jolly likes fasting. And Joyce, Joyce fasting. Anybody else? Anybody else like fasting? You are looking forward to your next fast day. Can't wait for my next fast day. It's coming up. <laughs> fasting is not fun because fasting we're doing without, right? And what's your body do when you're doing without? I want some. I want it now. And, and you go by the pizza place. You smell the pizza. You go by the barbecue place. And you smell the barbecue. You go by Outback. And you smell the steaks. That should be illegal. It should be illegal to let those odors escape while you are fasting. I was sitting at a table yesterday with the family doing some things and in front of me, I was at the worst seat in the entire house. I had the worst seat. There was no worse seat than where I sat. Because where I sat had the aroma continually to bevel me over and over and over. It was this tray of olives. Green olives, red olives, black olives, Olives with pimento. And if that's not bad enough, they had an open container of olives that were pulverized into a spread to allow all of the aroma to come out into the room. I cannot stand olives. I despise every color of olive that there is. I don't care what color it is. It does not belong on my plate it does not belong around i despise olives i am the only one in the family who despises olives my son would put them on his fingers and then eat them despise olives constantly why is it that when we're, when we're fasting we're not hit with aromas like olives Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cabbage. <laughs> cooked cabbage, sauerkraut. Why is it that we're not hit with those 
on fast days? Why is it that French fries? Nah, let's, because the reason for it is your flesh is being aggravated and your flesh is being stirred up and there is an unbelief that is resident in your flesh, not your spirit. It's in your flesh. And you, can, you are so used to it being there, you cannot even detect it when it rises up. And what he is saying to you is this. If you want to get rid of that level of unbelief, if you want to change situations like we saw here in this chapter, if you want to change things in your life that have evaded the amount of faith that you have right now, there's a way called prayer and fasting. Because when you fast, you declare war on your flesh. I remember years ago, we started a couple of di- different fast days. And um, our worship leader at the time, he got involved in the fast day. And he came to me afterwards. And he, he said to me, he says, uh, we were all at church fasting on the same day, learning, doing some things. And he came to me and he says, I don't eat breakfast. I don't ever eat breakfast. But I woke up on our fa- fasting day. And I was hungry for breakfast. I'm just starting fasting. This is the first day. I don't eat breakfast on a normal day. Here it is, fast day, and I want breakfast. Why? Because your flesh says, you're declaring war on me. You <laughs> will see who's boss. And that flesh rises up. And it says, I'm not going down without a fight. And you've got to rise up and you've got to say, you are going down. And you've got to rise up bigger than your flesh. You've got to be that person who says, I will take you down. <laughs> you are going down. That's the mentality we have to have. But see, most of us don't have that mentality in the area of the spirit. And that flesh rises up and we say, fine, if you want to eat, I'll just do a partial fast. I'll skip dessert. Uh-huh. Because we're not serious about this. You know, because you can fill up. How many have ever gone to a restaurant and you wanted dessert? They had good desserts there. You wanted dessert. I have done that so many times. I want, they had this dessert on the, on the, oh, I want that dessert. I want that dessert. I am not going to eat too much. Save room for dessert. But, of course, they come and they bring those chips and salsa. How do you resist chips and salsa? I don't know. I don't know how do you resist chips and salsa. You, you don't. So I keep, you know, eating the chips and salsa. You know, we're in the second basket. We're in the third basket of chips and salsa. And they bring the bread. We're in the first basket of bread. We're in the second basket of bread. We're in the third basket of bread. I can put bread away. I can put salsa away too. I can put that stuff away. And I finish the meal. You know what I say? I'm full. I'm full. But that's okay. I am fasting desserts. I am fasting desserts. Yeah. No, if you want to declare war on your flesh, folks, you've got to get serious. You've got to get serious. And understand your flesh is going to be serious. But you can get yourself to the point where that flesh backs down. And that flesh does not rise up. And you take it on and you defeat it. And Jesus is saying, this kind of unbelief only goes out by prayer and fasting. And so don't just go fast. Fast. 
Just because you fast doesn't mean that you did what he said. He said prayer and fasting. Both. You got to do both. Prayer and fasting. We said, uh, I think I put this for your outline there. There are no prayer and fasting demons. They do not exist. Demons submit to the, will of, to, the, to the name of Jesus. But I heard someone teach, I think it was about Brother Creflo Dollar. I'm pretty sure it was Brother Creflo Dollar. Boy, he, he taught this. And, mm. He said, when you meet up with the forces of evil, the one who is the most submitted wins. The one who is the most submitted. Are they more submitted to their cause than you are to the Spirit of God? The one who's the most submitted wins. I can't find any fault with that. That, that, is, that is good stuff right there. I put this in your outline for you. We are most susceptible to doubt and unbelief when our direction starts in our minds and guides our spirit. And that's how most of us are led. I think I want to do this, but I'm thinking it up here. I want to do this... It starts in my mind and guides our spirit. We are most susceptible to doubt when that happens. I'll give you a, a, a natural case in point. You think a particular diet will be a good way to lose weight. I have heard people who have had success on this diet. Therefore, I think this diet will be a good, it's a head decision. It's a head decision. And so when I do that, I'm trying to guide me in that direction. And that doesn't always work. Here's the other part. We are least susceptible when our direction starts in our spirit and guides our mind. We are least susceptible when our direction starts in our spirit and guides our mind. Pull up verse 1 again. This is why we started here. Verse 1 of chapter 9. And he said to them, Assuredly I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. He has said this to them, and down in their spirit they have latched hold of it so that their spirit can guide them in this direction. So that when Jesus leads them up a high mountain, what are they thinking? We are looking for this kingdom to show up. We are looking for the present, for the kingdom of God to be present with power. We're looking, is this it? We are some. Jesus is taking us away. They're looking for it. The word of God is going to come to your ears, but it's going to settle down in your spirit. And it's going to give you guidance and direction. It's going to come from your spirit. So, raise your hand. How many are facing long-term conditions, been around for a long time? It has not changed. All right. We have got to get out of a head direction and get something that in our ears, spiritual ears, God speaks to us and tells us a direction to go, and it guides our spirit. Because when our spirit decides, this is the way I'm going to go, because God told me to go this way. See, there's a difference with it. I share a lot of times with the things that I face and the things that I'm going through. I, I share those things because I, you know, they're my experiences. Your experiences are going to be different. They're going to be different. I do have people all the time who tell me 
Steve, you are 50, I don't know, how old am I? 50, 56, something around, somewhere in that neck of the woods. 56 years old. People your age don't run that much. I hear that all the time. Constantly hear that from people. And I happen to know that if you take all of the people who like to run in the country, I happen to have this stat that less than 1% of them run the mileage I do. We're not talking all the people in the country. We're talking all the people in the country who run. Less than 1% of them run or have a goal to run the mileage I run. And I have people tell me all the time, you know what happens to me when they say, you shouldn't be running that many miles. You know what happens? Down in my spirit, it comes up. I can run as many miles as I want. My body is well able to handle everything that I throw at it. My body will carry me all these miles, all the days of my life, because that's what I believe. You know why I believe that? Because I've had guidance and direction on it. And you cannot tell me anything different. And when my body begins to tell me something different, you know what I tell my body? You will get under. You will not dictate to me that I cannot. Now, there, I'm, I'm faced battles on this, just like you faced battles, and I faced battles this month. I faced something that, was, that stopped me in my tracks. My mileage in March was half what it should. And for a number of weeks, it was almost down to zero. I was just dragging my body around to, uh, to get it to go. Learned some things that I had to do, fixed those things, did some, put some other things in the routine, and, and got it going. I'm back up to the mileage that I should be at. And doing just fine. But you know what came into my thought? When that happened, you're not going to be able to hit that mileage goal this year. You've done it. You're not going to be able to go anymore. You're going to have to cut it back. Those thoughts came to my mind. I had to fight them back. Just like you've got to fight yours back. But you can. If you take supremacy over your flesh, doesn't mean that flesh isn't going to try and rise up and, and stop you. It's going to. doesn't mean that you get that headache that comes back. If you get that weight that starts to come back, that your body isn't going to say, see, told you, this is where you're going to be. What do you do? Body? Paul says, I put my body under. <laughs> and I'm putting you under. I'm not listening to this. What you need, folks, is to get revelation from God on what to do for your case, for your situation. You may hear what someone else has done, and it may just, in your spirit, you say, that's it. See, that's what you're looking for. You're not just looking to hear it up here. You're looking to hear it with your ears, but down in your spirit, it says, that's it. That's it. Grab hold of that. Grab hold of that. Now, see, that's what I did in March when this thing was going on. All right, what do I, what do I have to do to change this? Because this can't go on. I mean, I, I had a couple of Wednesday nights up here, even Sundays. I had a hard time just walking up, or, up around in here. That was difficult. What do I have to do? And so I was, I was out there, I was, I was listening, I was looking for stuff, and then something came to me, that's it, that's it. If I do that, that I, it was, came down here. And so I went after it with abandon. I went after it, I, I told the, the chiropractor person was asking me, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing this, 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 and this. You're doing all that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all that. He said, well, why are you doing so much? I said, I want to make sure I get it. I want to make sure that I get it. So I 
told them all the things we were, were doing. And in one week, doubled the mileage. Another week, doubled it again. And by the third week, I was back up there where I was supposed to be. But nothing was going to stop me from doing that because I believed it down here. You see, if we believe it up here, then when we face that problem, we quit. But what do you believe down in here? This is what you got to get. What is God? And God will tell you. God wants you to get out of whatever condition you're in. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. But right now, the reason that condition has come back is because something in your body is supporting it. Something in your body is allowing that condition to continue. And what you got to find out is, even when we cast this thing out, it came back because something is allowing it to continue. Something is supporting it. Father God, what is it that is supporting that condition? And how can I eliminate it? And God will show you. He will bring wisdom to you. And when you get that wisdom, you write it down. You etch it into your heart. And you say, Father God, I hear in my spirit, I hear, that's you. That's you. And I'm going to hang on to this, and I am not going to let it go. And when you do that, doubt can go away. You team that up with prayer and fasting because you're going to defeat that flesh. You're going to defeat that flesh. That flesh is not hanging around with you. I'm going to defeat it. So what are you trying to change? What are you trying to change? You ought to just write that in your notes sometime. What am I trying to change? Write that right on down in there. Where does your direction come from? Does your direction come from your head? Direction come from down in your spirit. Get that direction. Get that direction. Now be real careful. You get something and it's down in your spirit. I know God. I've heard people say this. I know God told me, do, and they tell me what it is they're supposed to do, be doing. And a week later, they're still not doing it. Or two weeks later, they stopped doing what they were doing. That flesh is, has, has, is reigning supreme in your body, and that's why that thing is going on, because you have the conditions ripe for that to continue. Why are oranges grown in Florida better than oranges grown elsewhere? Because the conditions are ripe. Why are New Jersey blueberries better than blueberries elsewhere? Because the conditions in New Jersey are great for blueberries. When you create the conditions that are great for the thing that you want to prosper, it will prosper. When you create the conditions where the thing you don't want cannot prosper, it will stop. It's simply a matter of that. But you've got to change this belief. Just because your condition has been around does not mean God wants it. Just because you've been prayed for and it didn't work does not mean God wants it. Otherwise, how does Jesus turn this thing around in an instant? How does he do it? And this is not the only time. We saw all the times as well. Would you all stand up with me? As we continue to go on through this series and continue to look at the things in the Word of God that help us in this, this is what I expect to happen. I expect that down on the inside of you, beliefs, new beliefs are going to begin to form. New beliefs are going to begin to, to come up. And you're going to even make some statements to yourself and you're going to be just like the woman with the issue of blood who says, I know that if I, and you're going to say what it is that you do, if I do this, this will happen. 
It's going to come up in you. And when that situation comes up and you say, I know that if I do this, I know that if I have hands laid on me now, I'm ready to receive it. I know that if I pray and ask God now, I'm ready to receive it. I know if this happens now, I'm ready to receive it. When that happens, there's been a change in your belief. I want you to act on it right away. If that action is to receive prayer, I want you to receive prayer right away. There is not a single time in the Word of God where someone had to go away, build themselves up to get themselves to that place. Jesus would give them an opportunity. Take up your bed, rise up and walk. That was the opportunity. And he changed the situation that had gone on for 38 years right then. You can have instant change in your life, but there's going to be a call for action on you. And you need to be ready to answer that. So as these Sundays go on, even today, if you get yourself to the point and you say, I am ready to have hands on laid on me, you lay hands on me, I will receive this that God has said. It will happen. It will happen. I want you to even just get up, go over to an usher and say, Usher, I want hands laid on me today. When we come to the end of the service, you can just, I want hands laid on me. I will receive this now. Not, well, I'm just going to give it a shot and see. No, something changed on the inside. And you know, if I do this now, it's going to change. It's going to change. So a lot of times in church services, a preacher will say, does anyone want prayer this morning for this particular condition? We don't do that often here because I don't see it often in the Word of God. And that's what I use as our example. That if I say, if anyone here wants hands laid on you, come on up. You're not coming because of what's on the inside. You're coming because of what you heard. And it comes from the head. But when it comes from down here, down in your spirit, you won't be stopped. You won't be stopped. I'm ready. You'll come in the church service beforehand and say, I need, I'm, I'm ready for hands to be laid on me today. I'm ready now. You'll come to the end of the service and say, I need hands laid on me now. The Word of God says, it says this in the teaching. If anyone needs healing, let him call for the elders who will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's a calling that goes on. There's a calling that goes on. I won't always at the end of this say who wants to come up but every single service that we have if something is comes up on the inside i'm ready i am ready i am ready your head will keep you timid if it's just in your head but when it's down in your spirit you won't be you won't be held back you'll be like that woman with the issue of blood who fights through the crowd because i know if i touch the hem of his garment i know <laughs> if i touch the hem of his garment and get out of my way i am not going to be hindered i am going to touch the hem of his garment. And she got in there and she touched the hem of his garment. What happened to her? The fountain of her blood dried up and she felt immediately in her body that she was well. That's what I expect. And that's what you should expect. Word of God is going to build faith. So if today, Wednesday nights, next Sunday, if 
faith rises up on the inside of you and say, no, nah, this, is, this is not time. This is the time. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next week. Say, no, no, I'm ready right now. Lay hands on me and I will receive something changed on the inside. And this direction is coming from my spirit. It's not coming from my mind. Father, you see every place where we are. You know what's going on on the inside of us. You desire change. The reason we don't have change is not because you don't desire it. It's not because it's not your time. It's not because it's not your will. You've swallowed some of those beliefs and they've hindered us. They held us back. But as you said to this man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And as you said to the disciples, why couldn't we cast them out? You said, because of your unbelief. We got our belief lined up with what it is that you say. The answer is ours. No matter what it is that we face. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. You got some praise reports? Glory to God. Most of you are staying around today, right? Hope so. We got some, we got some fun stuff going on today. Ethel. Thanking God for strong and correct teaching about how we make decisions. We are to make them based on the Word and the Spirit of God. Glory to God. (laughs) Thank you. Candy, we had to go to the hospital uh, Thursday, and as you know, for Bobby to have more tests, and it was raining to to beat the band. We got to the parking lot at Doylestown Hospital. There is never a parking space. I was praying for a space, and before I could uh, finish my prayer... uh, a space opened up right right across from the place we had to go. God is so good. Amen. Vanessa, my mother's surgery was success. We thank you for all your prayers. And I knew there was another one in there. Jolly Jr., very thankful for God's strength throughout my indoor um, drumline season. Yesterday was championship and Quakertown aftershock percussion finished the season undefeated with another high-scoring first-place win. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. All right, let's stand up one more time. There is no end times class today. We sent that text around to everybody who was in the class so that uh, they would would know. We need help getting some things set up over here. So if you're planning on staying for the class, plan on staying. Help us set these things up. we got some things to to get going on that. 2 o'clock, we're going to be starting, folks. This is a game-changer. We're looking right now at 240 kids registered a bunch of kids that are not registered, but 240 kids that are registered, plus all the walk-ins that are going to happen today. And we're going to change their, we're going to change their lives. Amen. Amen. They're going to have an opportunity to sign up for, for baskets for next Sunday and to come on back and to get them. And so next Sunday when you're here, expect more people. Push together. Don't give that chair cushion between you and your, your brother or sister. Get close to them. Get the room for people who are coming on in to, to fill in and, and, and sit in next to you. Get ready for, for what's going to happen. But we appreciate all you folks that can hang out and uh, help us out with the things that are going on here today. Let's just pray over this before we go. Father, we have all these children, all the families coming in. We just want to be your ministers, to, to minister to them, to love on them, to make them feel as important as you are to them. They are to you. Father, that's... We want to show them the love of God. 
Help us today, Father, to be able to do that. We want the kids to have fun. We thank you for a beautiful, wonderful day outside for us to be able to do these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.